Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 41. I'm laughing because... So I... I talk to myself a lot. A lot. Where... So like I come up with lots of ideas for podcasts, for posts, for emails, for daily posts, for remembers, uh, for reels, all that kind of stuff. And I say things out loud, like some kind of BBC presenter. Um, and I said something about weight loss plateaus before I started this and I was like, do you know what? This is going to be one of those ones where I say a word so many fucking times that it just starts to lose all meaning. And there's no way around it, but fuck it, here we go. Let's talk about weight loss plateaus and more importantly, why you're not in one. So I posted a reel about this. Um, Was that a reel? I don't remember. I posted something about it. Weight loss plateaus. Oh, it was like a carousel or something. Anyway, weight loss plateaus and why you're not in one. So here's the thing. If you have listened to these for any length of time, you will know my, I don't know, my, the kind of core components that make me me and make my approach mine. So your weight is the end result of everything else, right? Nobody has a weight problem. Everybody's carrying extra body fat, some more than others, but it is the result of numerous different things, right? Not Nobody... I mean, we all gain weight the exact same way by consuming more calories than we need, but we all do that through different ways. Some people consciously overeat, some people unconsciously overeat, some people lack understanding, some people emotionally eat, like it goes on and on and on, right? We all have different variations and different combinations of things that we do that ultimately lead to us consuming more calories than we need. That's that part. Uh... The most important thing to understand always is that your weight, your body, not your weight, I mean it is kind of, but your body is the most accurate food diary you will ever keep. What that means is it does not matter if you are plugging 1200 calories a day into, I nearly said Instagram, into MyFitnessPal. If you, you know, that's that's what you're tracking. That's not real life, right? That's what you're saying you're doing. What that says and what you're actually doing are always, almost always two different things. Not for any nefarious reason. There's a word for you. Um, not because you're trying to kid an app on, like, oh, I'm going to tell this app I'm having 1,200 calories, but I'm going to eat 2,000. Let's see if my weight still goes down. You're not doing it for, for that kind of reason. Um... Tracking is just an inaccurate process. Food labels are allowed to be inaccurate by up to 20%. The way that our bodies process and digest certain nutrients have an impact. We'll talk about that another day. It's minimal. Um, Not anything drastic. Anyway, accuracy is is a big issue. Like, it does not matter how accurate you think you are being. There is always going to be some form of inaccuracy, inaccuracy sneaking in. The margin should always be relatively low if you are in control of most of your own food, i.e. if you're cooking and preparing things. If you're eating out a lot, that's a different story. There's lots more error that margin of error that goes along with that. But ultimately, your body 
is the most accurate measure. So yes, you could be putting 1200 calories into my fitness pal. And yes, you've done all the calculations and that should mean that you are losing one pound per week and six weeks go by and you lose one pound. And which one's telling the truth? Which is the most accurate? Is it the number of calories you're putting into my fitness pal that says you, I forgot how many weeks I said now, was it six weeks? Um, should you have lost six, you, you think you should have lost six pounds over six week, weeks, but you've only lost one? Who's telling the truth? Is it my fitness pal or is it your body? So your body's the most accurate food diary you will ever keep. And a calorie deficit will always, always, always lead to fat loss. Now this baffles the mind of many people, right? You're, if you had the chance to speak back to me, I'm sure many of you would be going, but what if, but what if, right? There is no, but what if. A calorie deficit will always lead to fat loss. You cannot be in a calorie deficit and not lose fat. Now, let me answer some of your but what ifs. There are certain medical conditions that may influence your metabolic rate or your ability to lose fat. If So, so for example, let's say someone has PCOS and their calorie burn is reduced by 20%, right? So their maintenance calories should be uh, 2,000, but their actual maintenance calories are 1,600. So that person might go do the calculations. It might say 2,000. They might start eating 1,500. They should be losing a pound a week, but it's not happening. Now, what I said is still true. That person is not losing weight because they're not in a calorie deficit. Do you see what I mean? They think they are, and there's a difference between thinking you are and actually being in one. But unless you have, there aren't many of them, but a few certain diagnosed medical conditions, if you are an otherwise healthy... Also, not everyone with PCOS has the reduced uh, metabolic rate syndrome, by the way. If you do, you'll likely know about it because your doctor will have told you. But that aside... Um, in the majority of people and otherwise healthy individuals, there is nothing wrong with your metabolism. There's nothing wrong with your metabolic rate. There's nothing wrong with the amount of calories that you're burning. You're just not in a calorie deficit. Now, this is where the weight loss plateau thing comes in. So picture the scene, and I'm sure many of you have been in this position. You are, I mean, I'm going to make it sound very colourful and happy, but it won't always be like this. But let's say you were... you. you I don't want to say in a calorie deficit because you wouldn't have been doing it. Let's say you're following a plan, a plan, right? Whatever the plan might be, doesn't matter. Maybe it's Slimming World, maybe it's Weight Watchers, whatever it is, you're following something and whatever you're doing is working to a certain degree, right? You're weighing yourself once a week, even though you're weighing yourself using a terrible structure, you're still seeing the scales come down and everything is hunky-dory. And let's just, for the sake of an example, you're losing a pound a week and you have been for the last three months. And then all of a sudden it stops. And now you think you're in a weight loss plateau. But here's the thing. If your weight stops coming down, what do we know about weight? Weight is the end result. If your weight's not coming down, you're not in a calorie deficit. And if, you, and, uh, and if you are in a calorie deficit, you would be losing weight. Why? Because a calorie deficit always leads to weight loss. So the whole, the whole weight loss plateau idea 
people people have this idea in their heads that it's possible for their weight to just be cruising along and all of a sudden stop. And there's a number of reasons for this. Idiots will tell you it's to do with starvation mode. Even bigger idiots will tell you it's to do with your body wanting to hold on to fat, honestly. Do I want to dive into this? Why not? How ridiculous is it, right? Your body fat, the purpose of your body fat, its primary function, amongst many other things, but its primary function, it is created by the overconsumption of energy, right? You have, like, you know your phone charger? Your, you, you, when you charge your phone, the charger cuts off at 100%. You can't charge your phone to 5,000%. It goes up to 100, then it stops, because that's the, that's the capacity that your phone has. The battery needs this much, you've given it that much, it will stop charging. Then it'll drain a little bit, then it'll top it up, then it'll drain and then top it up. Unfortunately, our bodies don't have that same cutoff ability. So yes, we only need a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of calories. So for me, I need about 2,200, 2,300. Sadly, I don't have a cutoff point. My cutoff point is dependent on me looking after my eating habits and having a balanced diet and all the rest of it. But human beings, we can overcharge our bodies. We can give us, we can take our energy levels up to 500%. In fact, there's actually no limit to the amount of calories you can consume. But all of that energy, once you've eaten it, once you've digested it, once you've absorbed it, it has to go somewhere. Right? You've overcharged the battery. You've got all this extra energy. You're not going to use it because you've. I've already had my 2,300. I've already eaten that, but I've, now I've got an extra 2,000 on top of that. I'm going to use 2,300 of it and still be left with all this extra. It be, it, when you overconsume energy, it has two options, right? You either use it or you store it. And if, if you've consumed, like I said, 4,000 and odd calories and you only need 2,300 of those, well, you're not going to use the rest, are you? Unless you eat nothing tomorrow and you run on that extra tomorrow, but that's not going to happen. So it has to be stored it has to be tucked away and that is what every pound of body fat you carry is it's like a battery this is the way I, I like to think of it right every pound of body fat that you carry is a battery that you have created and your body is covered in all these batteries and when you when the when the energy from food runs out your body switch over switches over to battery power and it starts to run down these batteries that's not a bad parallel. So the point there was, if the point of your body fat is for it to kick in and keep your body alive, because that's what it's for, right? It's kicking in because your body needs energy to function and survive. You know, guys, we've not got enough from food here. Let's tap into that food that they ate six weeks ago that we've been storing as body fat. That's how it works. So the idea that your body would, what, just stop allowing that to happen? Stop allowing your body fat to do its job? Do you know what, guys? This person's been losing weight for six months. We're pulling the plug. Um, let's not let them tap into their body fat anymore so that when the calories from food runs out and we don't give them any body fat, we're just going to let them die. Fuck it. <laughs> They're going to die anyway if they keep under eating. Let's just 
kill them early and be done with it. This whole starvation mode, body not uh, body storing fat nonsense. Honestly, I wish I could put in. I wish I could translate into words how stupid it is. People do not die of starvation overweight, and I think that's all we need to know about that. Anyway, I've completely lost my place now. Uh, so. Weight loss plateaus. Yes, yeah, so there's a, there's this idea that you, you lose weight for a while and it just stops. And like we've said, if your weight loss stops and the only thing that facilitates weight loss is a calorie deficit, it's not because your body's just switched your body fat losing powers off. It's because you're no longer in a calorie deficit or you're in a much smaller calorie deficit. So what is really going on? Your body is pushing back. Now, what I mean by that is, when you are in a prolonged calorie deficit, your body doesn't like that, right? It's It understands that, yes, you're not eating enough, and yes, we need to give you body fat, but this has been going on for a while, and now your body fat levels are getting lower, and we've decided that, you know, like I said, you know, if this continues, you are going to die, so we're going to try and slow it down a bit, and your body will push back. And it does that doing two things. Oh, it does a few things, but the two main ones we need to focus on are, number one, it will ramp up your hunger levels. So your body will intentionally ramp up your hunger hormone, which is called ghrelin. Um, and it will ramp that up a bit. It will encourage you Creaky voice, I had to pause that to cough then. Uh, it will encourage you to eat more. It will make you more sensitive to food. So if we go back to caveman days, right? Because why not? We we have these ingrained... What's the word I want to use? Mm, I don't know. We have these things ingrained in us that served us many, many years ago when we had to kill, catch, hunt forage etc right we ha we can hear the sound of something that might be related to food like i don't know a deer walking through the bushes or a bird flapping in a tree we can smell food well think about it like how many times have you walked past a bakery for example or even a chinese takeaway or a fish and chip shop when it's getting geared up for the evening and you smell it and you feel a physical rumble in your stomach that's what that is that's your old hunter gatherer What's the word for it? Whatever. Your instincts, maybe? Uh, that's your old hunter-gatherer instincts kicking in and saying, oh, food, we need to eat, we need nourishment, we need energy. So when you have this prolonged period in a calorie deficit, food becomes more appealing, right? And it's deliberate, it's intentional. The sight, smell, sound, taste, whatever, you will react to it more. It will, it will start to become more difficult for you to be in a deficit. And then there's a second part, which is coming at it from the other angle, where your body will slow you down. It will encourage you to be less active. You will not have as much get up and go. Like I've, I've been talking to quite a few people in the group this week uh, who are in a calorie deficit and they're not enjoying their workouts as much. And it makes perfect sense. You know, they've been used to going to the gym. They've been used to throwing weights around. They've been loving watching 
you know, watching themselves add, add an extra half kilo to this exercise and adding a kilo to that exercise and smashing personal bests. And then they go into a calorie deficit and by definition, they are underfueling their bodies. They're creating an energy deficit. So they are short on the usual amount of energy that they get. And body fat is not a great energy source for exercise. So their workouts are suffering as a result of it. And there's only so much you can do. Like the, There's only so many calories you can consume before you work out to help fuel your training. You're never going to perform at your best while in a calorie deficit. And it, with that, we just need to kind of manage their expectations around it. And instead, the way I encourage them is to say, you know, why don't you take a few kilos off and use this as an opportunity to focus on your form and really nail the form of an exercise, slow down, etc. But that's that's not my department. That's for their personal trainers and coaches. But it's it's just a suggestion we can make when you can't do it all, right? You can't lose fat, but also expect to be smashing personal bests in the gym as well. Like the two of them don't go hand in hand. Anyway, uh, your body will start to slow you down. And that's one of the reasons that tracking steps can be so great. Because like if let's say someone goes into a calorie deficit and they don't track their calories and they don't monitor their activity level. So at the very beginning, maybe they were doing 10K steps and maybe they had created a way of eating that had them eating 1,500 calories, right? And they were losing a pound a week for three months. And remember, they're not tracking calories or steps and all of a sudden their weight comes to a stop and they can't understand it because their perception of their actions is that nothing's changed. But the reality is their body's been ramping up their hunger. It's also been encouraging them to be less active. They were doing 10k steps in the beginning, but now they're doing about 7k because they're starting to feel the effects of a calorie deficit. And they were eating 1500 calories, but the th- the few odd bits that are sneaking in here and there now have them up at 1800 calories. So what we have going on is, and this is what a weight loss plateau really is, we have a reduction in activity level. So their calorie burn has reduced. It's no longer 2000. And they're no longer eating 1,500 calories, they're eating 1,800. So they're, maybe their calorie burn now has come down to about 1,800 or thereabouts through the reduced activity. And their calorie intake has come up to about 1,800, despite them thinking not much has changed, even though they're eating a little bit off the kid's plate. They're eating stuff as they go at dinner. They're grabbing that extra biscuit when they open a cupboard. And it's just little things that we don't, you know... We try to convince ourselves that, oh, this won't matter. This won't add up to very much. But those multiple occasions throughout the day do. They add up throughout a week. So ultimately, a weight loss plateau is not your body. That's not true. I was going to say it's not your body doing anything. It is your body doing something, but it's not your body stopping you from losing weight, right? Like most things when it comes to weight loss, it's indirect. Your body doesn't like that you've been losing weight for so long or that you've lost so much weight. So it's going to encourage you to react a little more to the presence of food. It's going to make it sound more attractive, smell more attractive, look more attractive. And it's also going to start slowing you down. And this is when our body's starting to become more efficient with calories, right? It's like, yep. It's like, um, it's like when your phone, you know, when, uh, I've got it on my phone. 
and on my laptop. So when my battery gets to 20%, it switches into battery saving mode and the phone goes a bit slower. That's basically what your body's doing, right? It's switching you into battery saving mode. And then it's not like you start moving in slow motion or anything, but you will be more inclined to sit down more often. It will be, it will feel more challenging and difficult to motivate yourself to do stuff. Like, oh, that pile of washing. Like, normally I would go and fold it all and put it in everyone's bedrooms to be put away. But fuck it, it can just lie in a pile. Like, that's the kind of attitude that you would start to get. And multiple moments like that would start to, to add up. And this is this is where step goals are really useful on the activity side, right? You, you can get to the end of the day and go, God, I'm only on 8,000. I'm normally on 10,000 by this point. And that could be part of that slowing down process. So weight loss plateaus, they're not a thing. What is a thing is your body slowing down, your hunger levels getting ramped up. And there is one more thing where, well, our metabolisms don't break, they don't get damaged, they don't do anything like that. They can reduce or they do reduce. When you're in a calorie deficit, your metabolic rate will adapt your metabolism will adapt to your new calorie intake. Now, what that means is your, your body has realized that I am no longer getting this massive amount of energy I was getting. And when it was getting all that extra energy, it could be completely wasteful. I mean, let's, let's, let's use money as an example. Let's say someone is making, I don't know, loads of money they, and they don't have to worry about it, right? They don't, have, they don't budget, they don't worry about their spending, they've just got a really good job and they don't have to think too much about where their money goes every month. If they want something, they get it. If they go out for dinner, they just pay for it and you know they never go into an overdraft or anything like that. But then let's say that person goes through a redundancy and they get a different job and the pay is much lower. That person would then have to be much more careful with where they spent their money. That's what's happening with your body, right? You're not, you've gone from giving it loads of calories to the point where it didn't have to worry too much about how much energy it sent. Yep, let's send all these calories there for the walk-in. Let's send all those calories there for their arms moving around, etc. But when you're in a calorie deficit for a prolonged period of time, it kind of realizes that you know, we're not getting that level of calories anymore. We're going to have to be very picky about what we do with the calories that we are getting and it will become more efficient and your body will adapt to get by on less. Now, this is, it's not a case of like one day you're burning 2000 calories, the next day you're burning 1500. It doesn't work like that. It is a long, slow, gradual, tapered off process. But in conjunction with that, you also have the added effect of your calorie burn reducing because your weight is reducing. So in case you don't know, each pound of body fat you carry burns two to three calories per day just existing. So remember, your body fat is a living tissue and it has a purpose. Your body has to look after it. So like, yes, it's created this body fat and yes, it's it's storing it so you can use it at a later date. But that body fat has to be kept alive so that you can tap into it and use it. It's a living, active tissue that needs to be looked after. And that takes 
two to three calories per day per pound of body fat. So if you are carrying 100 extra pounds, your body is spending two to 300 calories of your calorie burn looking after that. But it's not just that, because if I add 100 pounds to my body, then it's not just the 200 to 300 calories of body fat I'm adding, it's also how much more difficult does life become? If I go and walk the dog for an hour at the weekend with 100 pounds in a backpack, I would burn a fucking shitload more calories than I usually would. So when you're carrying more weight, life basically becomes more difficult and it becomes a, a more a higher calorie burn environment, provided you're still putting in like you're fit enough to, to carry it around and be relatively active still. So when it goes in the opposite direction, you're losing weight. So let's say you do lose that 100 pounds and your calorie burn does come down by two to 300. Well, when I say calorie burn, I mean your metabolic rate. So if we split it into two parts, right, you have your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, which is like the bare minimum number of calories your body can burn in a day. So for me, I think it's like 1675 or it's like sub 1700, right? And I cannot burn any less than that because that's what my body needs to keep myself alive and moving around. The other 600 nod comes from my daily movement, my 10 to 12k steps, my few workouts a week, etc. So when your body fat reduces, that comes off your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, right? Because that's the, the number of calories keeping you alive. If you give yourself 100 pounds less body fat to look after, that reduces your BMR. The other component is your activity calories, the calories you burn through movement from when you wake up until you go to bed. Now, if if you are, let's, let's say someone was burning 2,500 calories per day and then they lose 100 pounds of body fat, okay? And let's just say it was three calories per pound of fat. So their calorie burn goes from 2,500 to 2,200. But now they are living a life where they're carrying 100 pounds less of body fat around with them. So when they walk up the stairs in the house, they're doing so carrying 100 pounds less. When they walk the dog at the weekend, they're doing so carrying 100 pounds less. When you lose weight, life becomes easier and you burn fewer calories. So it's not just a reduction in calorie burn from weight loss, it's a reduction from the fact that you don't have to burn as many calories to move around anymore. Does that make sense? So someone who was carrying 100 pounds of body fat and burning 2,500 calories, that might drop by 300 from losing the 100 pounds, but then it might also drop another 200, 250 from the simple fact that they don't have to take 100 pounds with them everywhere anymore. So during that 100 pound loss, their calorie burn might go from 2,500 to 19,000 to 2,000. So you also have to understand that as you lose weight, your calorie burn reduces. So there, there's lots of things going on that are all kind of working in conjunction with one another to make the weight loss process more challenging as time goes on. So as time goes on, you will have to look after your activity and make sure you're remaining active and your body's not pushing back too hard and slowing you down too much. You'll also have to keep an eye on your food intake. Is it pushing back and encouraging you to eat more? 
Then there's the other part where as you actually lose weight, you know, once you've lost a couple of stone, three stone, you're starting to move into very significant numbers that will have an impact on your calorie burn. So it's not as simple as, you know, on what day is it? On July, the Thursday, July the 11th, I calculated my maintenance calories to be 2,500. So I am going to have 2,000 per day and I am going to lose 100 pounds eating 2,000 per day because it's not going to work like that. Because once you've lost 50 pounds, your calorie burn will already have reduced by 100 to 150 from not carrying that fat anymore. And then also life's gotten easier because you're not taking 50 pounds around with you. So your calorie burn might have come down to 2,200. And what was a 500 calorie deficit is now a 200 calorie deficit. So you need to monitor and adjust as you go. It's not something you have to change every couple of weeks. Refrain from doing that. It's not even something you have to change every couple of months, probably even every few months. I kind of work to a rule of thumb where if someone's progress is is starting to slow, then I'll look at it and make an adjustment. So let's say after six months, you know, they were losing a pound a week every week. It's now like three quarters of a pound every week. And I'll go, right, let's let's drop your calories by 150 just to reclaim that extra quarter of a pound. And we adjust their deficit calories, drop them by 150, and they go back to losing a pound a week again. And they do so for another three or four months. Then it might start to drop again. Then we adjust again. Do you see what I mean? Don't get too uh, don't get too excited and try to change th- change things every week or every couple of weeks. You don't need that. It's going to be a monthly thing, provided you're doing everything right and you're super consistent. Jesus Christ, I'm knackered after that. I wonder how many calories you burn from waving your arms around recording a bloody energetic podcast episode about a topic you get very excited about. Anyway, I hope that's been helpful as ever. Get in touch with me. Do you know what? Someone sent me a lovely DM after the last one saying, really enjoyed that episode. What one was it? Number 40? What was that about? Oh, I can't remember. I'm not going to look it up. Oh, wait, is it on the board behind me? Nah, I rubbed it off. Um, Whatever it was, it must have been good because one person (laughs) sent me a message and said, I really enjoyed that episode. Here are my takeaways from it. And and it's so good. Like they gave me some bullet points of what they've taken away from the episode. And that's great for me. I love to hear that. But it's also great for them because when I was doing my nutrition course, one of the things we were taught was one of the fastest ways to learn is to reteach to other people. And we were always encouraged to like create, you know, as we were learning, as we got through each module, as we learned each new thing to go create a social media post about it or write an email about it or, you know, like I was already working in this space at the time. So I would reteach a lot of the stuff to people in the group or do it through social media. But, you know, it's all good and well listening to a, what's going to be a 33 minute podcast episode. And yeah, you'll have taken a few things from it and a few things will have stuck in your head. But before it all goes into the ether and you forget the majority of it, send me a DM on Instagram. Give me some bullet points or even post it on your stories and tag me because then that way I can share it um, and tag you if you want. Right, that's enough for me. Um, What am I going to do? That's enough for today. I think I've worked long enough. Half three, yeah. The joys of being being your own boss. Anyway, until next time.